this episode of Says Who is brought to you by you, you, through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who. Stop trying to be me. Was that what I was doing? Yeah. I don't know what I was doing. I'm a little off today, Maureen. All right. Patreon.com slash says who, where every Sunday you get me and Maureen all over again if you are given at the five or $10 a month level. And if you give it that $10 a month level, you also get a sticker in the mail every month. It's great. Patreon.com slash says who. Well, here we are. Here we are. I feel like I should just leave this one to you. Well, let me tell you, listeners, about a book called The Box in the Woods, written by number one New York Times bestselling author Maureen Johnson. It's making me itchy. It's a murder mystery (laughs) set both in our contemporary times and... At a spooky sleepaway camp in 1978. Spooky. It is out right now. Out. If you're looking for fun. Fun. Looking for a good read. You're looking for a spooky mystery. Uh. Can't go wrong with the box in the woods. You can get it finer bookstores and not so fine bookstores everywhere. Or... You can go to bookshop.org slash shop slash says who and order it there and help us out a little bit as well. But that's not all. No? No. Maureen Johnson, you are going to be places virtually. I am. I believe on the 17th of June, that is today, if you are listening to this, the day that this episode comes out. You're going to be talking Agatha Christie. I am. And all things classic mystery with the hosts of the All About Agatha podcast. That is a late night. It is. 10 p.m. Eastern time. Thursday, the 17th of June. I'm your hype man. That's with Mysterious Galaxy Bookstore. And uh, it's because it's a West Coast bookstore that the so there these are all in different time zones and on on Saturday, the nineteenth, I'm going to be virtually at the Doylestown Bookshop, good old Pennsylvania, talking with the author of Ace of Spades, which is this amazing new mystery, and that's at two p.m. Eastern. That's Why a don't more you sh- hour. just show up? It's it, the, you, you do have to get a book to get in, but here's what you're doing. You're buying a book from these two amazing bookstores, like just one book each. You don't have to buy or, but you're supporting these bookstores. So it's, it's like a good, it's like a good thing. That is. It's a good thing. A so I, all thing. the details are on my website. There's things, a little button says events. Just click that. And it'll be like, Hey, so. Did one last night with Left Bank Bookstore with uh, Jillian Pensavale from True Crime Obsessed, and it was great. The box <sighs> in the woods, but say that's not all. Wait, is there more? I'm so stressed. There's more, Maureen Johnson. Right. Because for says Whovians, there's a special 
Box in the Woods book club running at the Fan Run Says Who Discord. That's right. What's the story with that? It's going to be 4.30 p.m. Sunday afternoon. Uh, this this coming Sunday, so the 20th. The 20th. And if you weren't able to get a signed book, if you are in the Fan Run Discord, I have super cool, exclusive, spooky... They're almost like clues, book plates to go with the box in the woods. And I will be, I'll I'll put it into the discord about how, if you need a signed book plate, I will get one to you. These are super Dan designed, super spooky, excellent book plates. They're a good time. You go to tinyurl.com slash says who discord. And that's where that's at. The box in the woods. I got my first copy today. Dan has apparently bought 12 copies my or something My second like copy is showing up a little later today. I might get a third because there are three reading members of my home, all of whom are excited to read it. The box in the woods by Maureen Johnson. What about my little five-year-old friend? He's a little young. He is reading How to Train Your Dragon right Aww. now. But. I think the box in the woods, what with all the murder. Yeah. With the murder and the drugs and the loud rock and roll music. Mastacoli. Mastacoli. Anyway, you can also, unrelated to. Wait, we have not even gotten into the episode yet. No, well, there's so many things to hype about your book. But also, if you want Says Who stuff, you can go to merch.sayswhopodcast.com. Come the box in the woods. Hello, welcome to McDonald's. Can I take your order, please? Yeah, uh, I'm going to have oh, a no. mint mocha shake with extra that's, whip. We don't. That's a different. That's you. You uh, want to be at Starbucks, which is. Just on the other side of the yep. street. A McClam. We don't have clams, thankfully. And a copy of this here book, The Box in the Woods. We don't sell books. We're, we're a fast food establishment. Like in a Happy Meal situation. Do you know, like a box thing? Where it's like I get the McClam. I mean, a Happy Meal comes in a box. Right. You could take that box to some woods, I suppose. Right. But we don't have any books here. Okay. So, well, I, I want that. So, what kind of a... So with the Happy Meal, you get the McClam. No. You get you can, the uh, finger dippers. Well, um, you can get chicken nuggets with dipping gravy sauce. sauce. No. Uh, honey what mustard. What flavors of shake do you have? We have strawberry, chocolate, and vanilla. Do you have razzleberry? That's not a flavor that we have, no. Okay. That's more of a Slurpee flavor, which you could get at a 7-Eleven, which is about a half mile up the road. Do they sell books? And they sell magazines, mostly adult right. ones. I'll, okay, I'll, I'll just have a mini pizza. We don't have any pizzas, mini or otherwise. It's me. You know, the thing is, a lot of people from our administration are getting into writing. So I'm, uh, they sent me out. I have to just buy, if they've put it here on this memo, some books. So um, if they weren't specific, I don't think they know what books are. And um, so I was just, I'd heard of this one. So I was, 
try, but I'll take any books you've got back there. We only have a training manual for our frozen ice cream machine. I'll take that. I don't know that my manager is going to be it. happy if that's not here because it breaks down a lot. I'll give uh, give you 20 bucks for it. That's not, I don't think that's actually for sale. You know, if you're looking for books, I believe there's a Barnes and Noble around the corner, about a mile and a half down. There's also a P.F. Chang's in the same strip mall. Do they have pizza, pizza bites and finger dippers? No, they have, um, they have Chinese food. It's pretty good. We went there for my graduation party. Is it, is it good? I mean, if you like Chinese food. All right, well, just give me the McClam and I'll pull up. That's not a thing. Okay, I'll pull up. Welcome to Says Who. Oh, boy. It's, it's harder and harder to shock you. I just, it's, that was, that was fast. Yeah. Life comes ready. at you fast. Wasn't ready for it. Welcome to Says Who, the podcast that isn't a podcast. It's a coping strategy. I am Dan Sinker. And I'm uh, Maureen Johnson. Maureen Johnson. As we have covered two deaths. Everyone knows have a about book. everybody knows, Dan. I'm able to see Maureen through a little hole in the internet here. The hole in the internet. And she has a, that's your next one. Uh, she has a little pile of books right over her left shoulder. And what am I doing? Uh, well, right now you're using a hair clip like it's a little monster. Rah. Yeah. That's you have what... a little pile of books. You look ready at any minute to promote your book. You should take a screenshot of me right now to show them how ready I am. I mean, you look a little gassed, I'll admit. <laughs> Maybe just a little little tired, a little sleepy, sleepy to peepers. It's weird because there's both everything and nothing to do once the book is out. It's, yeah. it's both very frenetic and very like, oh, well, it's out. Like, right. You know, the train leaves the station without you. If you're not on board. So right. you finished um, writing it on Monday. Yeah, I finished writing out. it on Monday and they really got it together to get that printed. So well, thanks, know. everybody. Yeah, that's nice of them. I'm trying not to yell. <laughs> You've been hustling. It's You've a been everywhere. It's a little bit of a hustle. That's the job. Yeah. But the great part is I haven't had to physically travel because normally right. R- right now I would have been on a plane. Yeah, you would going be all somewhere. Over. You'd and that is over. that is not what's happening. I am just at my house with just my chilling. dog. So that is like, it's not like I, I like to see people, but I don't like the, well, you know, it's weird. I used to really like the getting on a plane, going places part. Right. Because that's always fun at first. Yeah. And then um, after a while, you're like, planes give me ennui. <laughs> And now, apparently, when you get on planes, it's just like a old-timey Western brawl the entire time <laughs> where people getting thrown out of double doors and shooting hats off other people and ducking, you know, sliding down the bar and then someone's being thrown into a mirror. Yeah, I have I have yet to talk to any friend that was a regular traveler before that is traveling now that has not been like, 
Mm, yeah, it's not great. Not mm. having fun. People seem to be having meltdowns all over. Yeah. My mother went to the grocery store yesterday and just described this woman verbally assaulting an employee and like melting down in a in the aisle she was in just in a way she's like it and everywhere it seems like everybody has a story about going out in public and just watching people losing their shit yeah um, it's a lot yeah but flight attendant somebody got a uh, flight attendant got her teeth knocked out oh jesus yeah like people are assaulting airline staff that's not good. Uh, and very, very tragically, um, an anti-masker was asked to put on a mask in a store in Georgia and got so mad that he went out to his car and got a, a weapon and, and returned and killed her. Oh, boy. And then there was a shootout in the store. People are... Jesus. I mean, that that level of, you know, the, those kind of violence things could always happen, but there's a very specific level of people kind of, like, being very weird. Yeah. I think that there is, I mean, over the last year, it, we, and we have talked about this before, like, the people that have been most comfortable with being out are often not great people. You know, like right. the the people that kind of never really took it all that seriously and then acted very sort of aggrieved or uh, upset when minor things inconvenience them. But, you know, and now we sort of have this mix of people that are reemerging and the sort of stress that is coupled with that with then the people that have kind of been out all along. I saw uh, I saw a headline that I at first was like, ooh, and then I was like, ah, yeah, checks out, which was that arrests for carrying firearms increased at Walt Disney World in the past year, despite closures and reduced attendance. And it reminded me of a, a, a class that I helped out with over the, over the pandemic was doing an article about um, speed cameras in Chicago and that nationwide actually, uh, Speeding and specifically traffic fatalities increased last year, even though actual travel, like people in cars, decreased dramatically, but fatalities picked up. And it's just sort of the like, oh, we've got a lot of real bad people and they aren't being watered down by everyone else. Trump loving relative apparently went back to a local casino recently. Ooh. And I heard a report about the casino. And well. The governor of Pennsylvania, uh, all restrictions were lifted. Yeah. They did the thing where they're like, if you've been vaccinated, we totally trust you and you can just, it's yeah. fine. And so uh, this person went in and said that, well, first of all, they meant to wear a mask, but forgot it in the car. Oh, yeah, you know. Then went inside and said all of the partitions and everything, all the precautions had been taken down. Yeah. Uh, and the inside report from inside the casino was that basically nobody was wearing a mask yeah. at all. So it was just like all the people that never wanted to wear the mask and may not be vaccinated um, are were just uh, all gathered in the casino. Just, sure. you know, now numbers are going down because of the vaccine. Yeah. Uh, but this the Delta variant 
is still like we're still trying to get to the UK. Right. Where, you know, certainly the Delta variant is um, causing issues. Yeah, they've they've just uh, they were about to sort of throw off all of their various uh, restrictions and now have pushed that back by a month because things are spiking again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, ha- they have a major Delta variant problem. Yeah. And the uh, the Washington Post this week had an article that was one of those like, yeah, I that seems like uh, you probably didn't have to do a lot of study for this, but they discovered that in the U.S. cases are going down where vaccination rates are high and up where they are not. Yeah. Go figure. Certainly, it's weird that we're this this whole transition phase is. I feel like we're on an airplane that's trying to land in a thunderstorm. <laughs> yeah, and it and sometimes you know how like that plane comes down and they can't land. They go, oh Whoop, yeah, and they like zip back up. Have you ever been on a plane that did that? Oh yeah, I was <laughs> on a plane once where there were major, major, major crosswinds on the runway as they came down. We came down and then started lilting to the side and then suddenly pulled hard up. It was that was the scariest plane ride I've ever been on. Did everyone scream like, yeah, it was like suddenly we were on a roller coaster. I was on a plane once that hit a giant air pocket, like a big air pocket. And. I suppose it's what it feels like when you did that Tower of Terror ride where it's just suddenly just boom you just go down like just down that's no good well anyway i'm down i'm just really looking forward to traveling again yeah you know so uh your the casino that your trump loving relative went to Mm. took down all its partitions and everything that is also now true at disney world and disneyland oh all the plexi they put up, all the distancing markers they uh, laid down. It's all back open. You don't even need a mask now. Of course, as with everyone, the asterisk is if you're vaccinated, which um, I would love to find the person that is eligible for a vaccine has opted not to take it, but is happily wearing their mask everywhere because that's what the rules say Mm. feels like that is a that's a real needle in a haystack of a person that is a group that does not exist (laughs) that is a venn diagram that's like here's a circle and then there's like a a point it's it's 10 miles off the page a mile away hey the rule following anti-vaxxer yeah listen i'm not getting that vaccine I'm going to wear my mask forever. (laughs) That's how, but I'm wearing my mask to Disney world because I don't want to get anyone sick. Dan, at some point, at some point, Dan, we're going to have to discuss the trip. Yeah. I think that it is absolutely going to happen. But, uh, as, as the owner or at least caretaker of a, member of the 100% unvaccinated class of people mm. known as anyone under the age of 12. Uh, I'm not doing that shit till there's a vaccine for... For, for a little one. For the little one. I wonder, when is that? Uh, they're saying it will be the fall. 
um, I think it was either Pfizer or Moderna has said they they are expecting their trials to conclude in September or something like that. And hopefully that would then mean September, October-ish. We'll see. We'll see. We will see. But Maureen Johnson, I want to share a little information with you. Do you, Dan? As a author, mm. author to author, Maureen Johnson, a little info, a little intel, a little story to tell you, because you are not the only person with a book coming out. Am I going to like this, Dan? I think you're going to love it. Oh, great. I think you're going to love, absolutely love the next 15 minutes of your life <laughs> or so. Dan, are you telling me the truth? I am, because according to the Associated Press, Maureen Johnson, mm -hmm. Jared Kushner, Ivanka's husband, Trump's son-in-law, and the man responsible for peace in the Middle East, ending the opioid epidemic in the U.S., and our successful COVID response. I don't like this. He you said I would like it. He has signed a deal with Broadside Books, a conservative imprint of Harper Collins Publishers, that will come out in early 2022. Literally just yesterday, the teen brought up the fact that Jared Kushner has literally disappeared. No one has seen his weird, haunted Victorian school child ass in months. Well, I guess he's been off in the woods writing. He had like a quill a little coal stove. Dear diary, I remember when I first solved the problems in the Middle East. He's just, he did it. He did it all. This is his, his, this is his victory lap, if ever there was one. Every one of these, every one of these motherfuckers. Every one. Do you think um, Eric has been assembling a book, but it's all done with uh, fridge magnets? It's a pop-up book. Alphabet fridge magnets. It's just the story of a boy who wants his father to love him. And like adventures, it's adventure, the boy having adventures with his dad who loves him. and. But the adventures are just purely mundane things. My, me and my dad went to, walked around the block to... Just talk a little bit, and it was so great. And then he told me he loved me, and we went out and got an ice cream. But we played a little catch, but then it got dark, and all the light bugs came out. So we went back inside and just watched some TV together. And, uh, you know. I just like the idea that he's written it all in fridge magnets, and he takes a picture on his phone. Hey, Dad, I wrote this. Look. You like it? Look, I use this heart magnet whenever I say your name. Shut up. Shut up. Anyway, well, isn't that fun? Jared Kushner. Soon to be best-selling author, Jared Kushner. Well, of course, I pointedly look forward to the RNC going and doing a massive buy like they seem to do. That's a good, that's a good scam. That is a good scam. People give money to the RNC and then they just go out and buy piles of books by these idiots. 
from list reporting bookstores. And then I don't know. I don't know what they do with them. Burn them, eat them. I don't know. I know that um, when the My Pillow guy, Mike Lindell, when he launched his social media service, otherwise known as a blog called Frank, at the Corn Palace in Mitchell, South Dakota, <sighs> he had he had expected twenty or thirty thousand people to come. Now, mm. why he expected that in a venue that I think maxes out at about 2,000 people, I'm not entirely sure. But he had ordered books, his book. He has a biography. Uh, and so there were stacks of boxes of books. And by the end, they were directing people to take a box home with them. <laughs> just take these. Just just take this entire box. <sighs> fine dan it's fine as someone who writes books i think it's fine i'm fine with it who do you think is writing jared's book some poor sob i would do it i would do it if they gave me money i no i wouldn't i tried yeah you tried that was, that was 30 seconds of like i'd do it and then i realized that wasn't that I 30 wouldn't. seconds dan it's not three seconds that was eight seconds I at best yeah at best I wouldn't do it. I don't think I could do it. I And you know what? I don't think they're paying much for that either. Hmm. I think this is a quick job. It was an undisclosed amount of money. Oh, well, he got a lot. I mean, the ghostwriter will get... For what, for what the book is being paid, like, they won't get that much. Yeah. And I'll bet you that they want that shit done in six weeks. <laughs> That would be my estimate. I think that they were like, we did this deal. Here's $100,000. Do it in six weeks. Your, your contract includes you cannot make eye contact with Mr. Kushner. You can never talk about any of this. Yeah. You know, you get, any recordings you do, whatever, we, we take them and we throw them into a volcano <laughs> afterwards. Uh, yeah, it'll be, you know, you get a couple hours with him and then you sit around and you spin that shit. Well, the good news is that if this comes out next year, likely you and him will end up at the same book conferences. You know what, Dan? You know what? Just it'll be fun. It'll be fun. You'll be you'll be like in one of those big signing halls at like Book Expo. That is gone. Just, what's that? That's gone. Book Expo is gone for good. Nothing replaced it. Not really. Oh, they well, just shut it down. Uh, that That is my last uh, experience was going into these giant halls filled with, you know, folding tables and people signing books and giant lines for them. And I just imagine you on one and then suddenly the temperature in the room drops like 30% as Jared sort of hovers into his folding table. And New York publishing would not be kind to him. No. At, at an event like that. That's true. That is true. Uh, well, I, I can't imagine what the people inside of HarperCollins are thinking right now. It's usually Simon and Schuster. Right. I well, guess SNS they have their own they have their own conservative imprint in yeah, broadside I, books. Yeah. I'm just saying like 
Simon and Schuster missed, finally missed on one. <laughs> They're like, damn it. We were so close to getting them all. <laughs> but I, we were, were busy doing this deal with actual Satan. So we were. He's got a good, he's got a good lawyer. Can you imagine what a book by, quote, by Jared Kushner sounds like? The man has a remarkable level of self-delusion. Like he's not even the born on third base and think you hit a triple. Like he's like born one inch from home plate, then fell onto it and thought he hit a grand slam. That's very sporty. And that's I'm me, Maureen. I love sports metaphors. I was going to say like that Take was it to the hole. That was really unexpected. Well, that's the only it's it's more of like a rich person metaphor than a specific sports metaphor. It's like when your yacht is. <laughs> it's like when you you get a um, a spot at the the yacht yard uh, nearest the uh, clubhouse. Uh, it's just like that. Speaking of spots at the yacht yard, Maureen Johnson, mm-hmm. Jared Kushner is not the only large adult son that is embarking on new careers this week. Oh, yeah, Hunter Biden. Jesus Christ having already released his memoir, is launching a new career, Maureen Johnson, as a fine artist. Dan, I'm going to need you to... I'm just going to need you to shut your face. I literally screamed... Dan? When I saw it yesterday. Dan. He's got a dealer? Come on. gallery? No, come on. This they, I didn't read. I didn't read this. Oh. oh, Maureen, they're planning a private viewing in L.A. this fall and an exhibition in Soho next year. And I quote: <sighs> "Prices range from seventy-five thousand for works on paper to five hundred thousand for large-scale paintings." I'm looking at this right now. Let's see here, Hunter Biden painting. These things that look like. They're like patterns. They sort of look like cells. Yeah. The, it, it is totally artwork. If you think about when you were a teen and went to the mall and there was always like a mall gallery and there was sort of, if you imagine the sort of patterned paintings on the wall of a mall gallery, that's very much what his stuff looks like. It sort of looks like someone doesn't quite know how to use a spirograph. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it looks like. Or, I mean. I'll tell you what, though, as uh, somebody that has a number of friends that are quite successful, mm -hmm. fine artists, they've all went from lobbying and private equity into the lucrative career of art. Have they have they seen these? I have not. uh, I, I have barely been able to pick myself up from. I went to art school, Maureen. I, I, yeah. It's, uh, the other thing about it. So, okay, first of all, $75,000 for works on paper by a guy that's just kind of making patterns? Mm. Half million dollars for large-scale paintings? Dan... All right. 
the thing that is truly wild to me is Hunter Biden obviously has made some decisions in his time, mm-hmm. you know, not all of them for the best uh, for himself or or for his dad. Mm-hmm. It's not like the art world isn't already well known for weird money laundering influence schemes. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't quite understand his thinking here where it's like, oh, yeah, dad, guess what? Like, what, son? I love you, son. I'm gonna be an artist. Oh, that's great. Like, I that part I get, but then the and I'm gonna sell paintings for a half million dollars in private viewings in LA. Dan, this is not the only large adult son that's in the news right now. Just, no. to, just today. Apparently, Michael Cohen has been talking. (laughs) Yeah. Mr. Says Who himself. The quote I'm reading here says, Cohen recalled Trump saying that if it comes down to Don Jr. or Ivanka going to prison, that it should be Don Jr. because he can handle it. Imagine not knowing your own children so much that you think that Don Jr. could handle prison. Couple things. Number one, once again, nobody notices Eric. (laughs) He just doesn't even come into it. There's Don Jr. and there's Ivanka. And there's literally nothing in between. It's not like Eric could handle prison. Oh, uh, disagree. (laughs) Disagree. First of all, that pallid complaint he i think would thrive indoors we know he loves to eat mice you know like he he i bet he would be like i'll go dad i can slip between the bars (laughs) at night i just become a shadow send me dad i'll do it i'll flush myself down the toilet i do that anyway yeah. <laughs> Let me do it for you. Dad, would you love me if I went to prison for us all? Oh, <laughs> uh, meanwhile, I just found uh, Hunter Biden talking about his art. Come on. Quote, now. I don't paint from emotion or feeling, which I think are both very ephemeral. For me, painting is much more about trying to bring forth what is, I think... The universal truth. Dan, I gotta go. Did you did you just say what do you mean by the universal truth, Hunter Biden? Is that no. what you said? I thought that's what you said. The universal Thanks. truth, he says, is that everything is connected and that there's something that goes far beyond what is our five senses that connects us all. The thing that really fascinates me is the connection between the macro and the micro and how these patterns repeat themselves over and over. Amen. I just, I'm a freshman in college, man. (laughs) I'm just, I'm in my 101 philosophy, man. Do you ever just think everything's connected? You know, and I feel like I'm going to make some art, man, that just really, I don't know, man, just really just explains how we're connected. And I'm going to do that through blotches yeah man it's deep his dealer whose name i shit you not maureen is 
Georges Berger. <laughs> no, shut up. Shut up. Shut Dan. I mean, I'm not refined. I could shut. be mispronouncing this. If I were to just say it, it's Georges Burgess. Okay. But I sh- bet it's Georges Berger. You shut your dumb beardy face right now. <laughs> Georges Berger. I screamed so loud that the dog opened my door. <laughs> I'm staring at a photo of him. He's wearing a Beret? white, well, white turtleneck sweater underneath a sport coat. Wonderful. Is he holding a baguette? He is not, but he has black, thick black rimmed glasses. Fabulous. Is he standing in? Uh, is he standing in front of a boat? He is standing in front of an abstract painting. Fabulous. And he is uh, dramatically lit. Wonderful. It's everything I want. According to Artnet, Berger, mm-hmm. who represents a roster of international artists, this this feels like Artnet.com throwing shade. Berger, who represents a roster of international artists, but is not a regular at art fairs or a typical stop on the blue chip gallery circuit, mm. said that he has been a constant presence in Biden's life over the past year. In one year, these will be sold on cruise ships. They look like it. They fully look like cruise ship art fair. The two speak by phone as many as five times a day. That seems Dan. fully normal. Dan. Yeah. Georges Berger and Hunter Biden speak about his art five times a day on the phone. Quote, I've encouraged him to incorporate his written work in his photo-based mixed media, Berger says. Dan, have I told you about my first job out of college where I worked in a in an office? Like it was a I was an office assistant in a very fancy consulting firm in Philadelphia. Okay. And one of the principal's wife was a mixed media artist. Okay. Some of her artwork was on the walls. I believe it. I did not know whose work this was. I it, One of them was hung above, like a sort of in the supply area, like sort of like between one of the hallways, like where the clients would go and the supply area. And it was 100% clearly um, a manila folder from the office. Like it had like a something written on it. Okay. Some black lace and a couple other weird like things like that it was like some material like golden black material and f- this manila folder. Sounds nice. And I had to look at this fucking thing all the time. <laughs> and one day I'm staring at it and the principal says and like you're just you're you're you know you're you've been staring at that and I said just it was, you know, sometimes you, you speak your inner monologue out loud. Yeah. I and I just that. said, I have that problem. Because I also worked at a theater all night. So I was always tired because I honestly, at that point, was working 19 hours a day. Yeah. So I was constantly exhausted. And I'm staring at the wall and I just went, looks like someone ran over Stevie Nicks with a file cabinet. <laughs> and he <laughs> said, my wife made that. Oof. I said, okay. And I went back to my desk. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that in a Borat voice. 
My wife. My wife made, made that. that. Yep. We eventually had a, an actual artist come and work as what, well, like, you know, because everybody that was doing the office jobs was like something else. Yeah. She was like, yeah, it's so bad. She's like, it's rare to see a mixed media artist treat their materials with such disrespect. <laughs> but his, his wife was like, well, my wife has a show in Belgium. I was like, good for Belgium. Blowing up in Belgium. I'm like, that's that's nice. Just that's, wait till Hunter Biden takes the Belgian mixed media arts scene. That's by nice storm. for her. That's nice for her. It was just a file folder with some black lace on it, Dan. Well, you know, it was so says bad. A lot. You could tell everyone else in the office, like, we got to put this shit up on the wall. It says a lot about universal truths. Yeah. I mean, to his credit, he never seemed to hold the looks like someone ran over Stevie Nicks with a file cabinet remark against me. <laughs> well, there you go. Good boss. I mean, they were they put up with a lot from me. I think they just liked having me around for some reason. I think they were fully aware I didn't really do any work. Yeah. And they were just like, she's interesting. So we'll she's keep a free spirit. We let they they prided themselves on being a very kind of kooky intellectual environment. And I think they were like, we have this one. She doesn't really do anything, but you were like the mascot. We like have like, I don't know what like. They had all these policies, like you didn't get a certain number of personal days or sick days. You just got what you needed. Okay. So, you know, like they were there because they, they were management because they had all these cookie ideas. That was the, did I ever tell you about the time that I was working? I may have told you the story already. So if I have just cut it then, but I had to cover the front desk, usually one hour a day while the person at the front desk went to lunch. And I'm wearing one of my 1990s, button all the way down sundresses. Okay. Does this sound familiar yet, Dan? Not yet. Okay. So wheelie chair, you know, I'm, 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 wait, it's not so funny. Yeah. I just remembered where this is going. It's okay though. All right. I mean, the long story short is that I was, you know, wheeling between making notes, the fax machine, the phone, and then the president of the company came in and I, stood up to give him something that had come in for him and the wheelie chair, my dress wound around one of the wheels of the wheelie chair. And as I stood up, my entire, it went and my entire dress fell off. Oh God. It came apart in the middle, like tearaway pants, like and fell off. Buttons flying everywhere. The buttons didn't cut. It just came unbuttoned, but it fell off, Dan. (laughs) It, my dress fell off. Uh, and then we both just acted like it didn't happen. Well, like both of us were just, I was like, here you go, Vinny. Here you go. <laughs> Thanks. And I just quietly picked up my dress, put it back on, and he went to his office and we never mentioned it. Well, that's good. We never mentioned it. It's a sign of a decent boss, actually. I mean, I, I thought that was more than fair. Yeah. I mean, Vinny had like a kind of enchanted life. Like sometimes he would go, he was like, oh, he's going to Bermuda for the weekend, but he forgot his passport. So someone has to run to his house and get his passport and take it, get meet him at the airport. And another principal left there, put their laptop on the top of their car and pulled away and ran over their own laptop. Like they were always like getting into scrapes. <laughs> These people made like thousands and thousands of dollars an hour or whatever to come in and tell you to put artwork by your wife up on the wall that looked uh, made of file folders and 
As if a management people, consultant, I think mostly it's you get paid thousands of dollars to tell whatever company hired you to fire people. The, I think they, they, I got the feeling that they went in and did more like they cited Galbraith a lot. And then they, um, they handed people big stacks of scholarly articles and that, uh, I, I don't know what they did. One guy that was a principal there was a, had a doctorate in folklore and spent all of his free time Morris dancing. Imagine wow. that guy. Imagine you paid like 5,000 bucks for a couple hours to have that guy show up. <laughs> I've had a couple of jobs where I'm pretty sure they brought that guy in. It'd be funny I, uh, if that was... I, this is a pretty prominent firm. It'd be funny if that was that guy. I worked a, I worked a job to try to figure out how to get around some disclosure agreements on this. I worked a job that uh, we were... Uh, we all actually went to Disney World for a all hands, which was held at the Swan and Dolphin Hotel. And the facilitator decided that the way he would make it, because it was like, oh, we've got some hard things to talk about. Sometimes you don't necessarily feel like being the person that's going to say something that might be a little goofy. So I'll be the goofiest guy in the room. And then he put a goofy hat on. And for three days, he facilitated a fucking meeting wearing a goofy hat to the point that years later, I can talk to former colleagues at, at that job. And all we have, like, if we're talking about someone, we'll be like, yeah, they were real goofy hat. And everyone will know exactly what was meant. Don't want to be the goofiest guy. You don't want to be the goofiest guy in the room, so I'll be the goofiest guy. You know, in the room. <laughs> I would uh, come back to my hotel room after every day of that, and I would literally just scream into my pillow <laughs> for about fifteen to twenty minutes, and then I felt like maybe I could function again. Dan, I knew. I, I was fully, these people hired me so fast. Like I was one day out of college. I needed some kind of temp job. They're like, we're just going to hire you. Here's some money and some benefits. I was like, benefit? Like, this is crazy. Like I was just looking for a job to do during the day to pay for my theater stuff at night so I could work a short period of time to get some money sure. for grad school. So I could not even believe it. I, I took such advantage of this job. I never understood why they kept me around. Um, I mean, I guess I did fine. I did fine. Like I made the copies. I typed up the letters. It was fine. They kept trying. They tried to promote me a couple times. I was like, nah. wow. Yeah. I was like, nah, I'll keep doing what I'm doing. Man, there's like an Elseworlds Maureen Johnson somewhere that just climbed that corporate ladder. Yeah, they were like, we want to move you over to the editorial wing. I was like, nah. No, I'll, I'll keep doing this. Um, but they, they, what was I? Oh, I, I was so unconnected to it that people would ask me, like, what kind of a firm are they? And I was like, I don't know. I worked there, Dan. Oh, good. <laughs> That's good. I didn't know. I, I didn't... mean, even just now, you're attempting to retell kind of what they did. You clearly were lacking quite management, a bit of the detail. Management? Yeah. 
it was clearly bullshit. And I was like, if I attempt to learn what they do, I will somehow lessen myself. Oh, yeah. Like it will somehow take away from me if I learn about what they do. Because they were like, what do you, do you ever want to learn about what we do and maybe get into it? Because they would sponsor you to do an MBA. And I was like, no. Oh, wow. Holy cow. I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to know. I don't want to know what you do. I really don't want to know. Did you see that my dress fully fell off? Hey, are there half sandwiches in the in the kitchen? <laughs> I'm obsessed with the like Earth 47 morning that is now running that joint. It's just like the head of editorial that makes nah, their. You're the, you're the CEO at this point. I've, I went and got my my MBA. Yeah. I'm like, here's the font you need. That was a lot. They're like, they'd help you choose a font. Mm, perfect. It's like everything you, it's everything you think. Yeah. Mostly they laid people off. That's what I think. I think it was a lot of things like helping you choose a friendly font. It wasn't, it wasn't that we were laying people off. We were just right sizing. We were just helping people right size. Have you seen our artwork? We were helping people get to the happy place in their company. Have you seen our Morris dancer? He's going to be, when we're doing the layoffs, jingle, 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 he'll jingle, be the goofiest guy in the room. Jingle, 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 jingle. <laughs> don't, don't worry, everybody. We've got a professor of folklore coming. <laughs> That's one of those ones where it's like, jingle, jingle, jingle. he's just listed as like, you know, doctor whatever on their bio page. And eventually somebody asks and he's like, oh, yeah, and folklore. It was like Avengers. Like, uh -oh. like they had a psychologist, they had like a business person, they had a doctorate of folklore, they had some computer. Like they all had doctorates in something. And they would band together to tell your company weird shit for money. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Ah. Uh... Like super big corporations would be like we've hired this gaggle of weirdos to come in. <laughs> And tell us how fonts make you feel <laughs> for a billion dollars an hour. Wow. That was a good scam. That was a good scam. I was like, I don't know nothing about nothing. But I know I'm, I'm still just trying to steal chips that have gone in the trash, but they're clearly safe in that bag. But even <laughs> I know that this is a scam. And I work for a theater company at night. I'm real dumb. But even I, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I got it all figured out. I kind of work for a theater company at night, you guys. <laughs> I mean, it's not like I get a paycheck from them, but I'm I was there. so tired. I was so tired all the time. I used to fall asleep behind the wheel driving home. I, um, I worked a lot as well in college and also uh, ran Punk Planet. And I had, I had a real sad realization, Maureen Johnson. Uh, when the the Punk Planet digital archive came online this year on uh, at um the Internet Archive, and I pulled it up and I was like, oh, I'm going to read some of my old columns. That'll be fun. Oh, and then man. I read one, and it was just me talking about how I was working four jobs and had too many things going on at once. And I was like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> that was 20 years ago, and I'm still doing the same shit. Yep. We never change, actually. We just kind of scale up. Yeah, it was terrifying to me. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. 
Well, Dan, we're going to do an abrupt shift, I think. Yeah, <laughs> very abrupt shift. Uh, because I want to actually uh, raise the awareness of our listeners to the plight of Danny Fenster, who is a journalist who was uh, taken captive in Myanmar on May 24th. And if you are like me, you may have seen a headline uh, some time ago of, you know, U.S. journalists taken prisoner in Myanmar and thought, oh, man, well, that's awful and didn't think about it again. And then uh, about a week after that, or maybe a little more, uh, I saw it again. And this time they included the name of that journalist whose name is Danny Fenster. And Maureen Johnson, he was a student of mine in 2009. So... Uh, a former student of mine, former student of a number of folks that I obviously uh, taught with back at Columbia College Chicago back then. Uh, he was the managing editor of the English edition of something called Frontier Myanmar magazine. He has been living there for the last two years. Um, Myanmar earlier this year, there was a military coup uh, over the over a election that the person that won won handily the candidate that the military wanted to win lost and the military then overthrew the government uh the myanmar coup has been become sort of canon among QAnon circles and the far right uh as something they would like to see here michael flynn very recently was asked would we like to see something like in myanmar happen here and he was like yeah definitely um but he, Danny was uh, heading back. He was at the airport heading back to visit his family for the first time in a couple of years. Uh, got through security, was waiting at the gate when he was arrested. Uh, no one has heard from him since. His family hasn't heard from him. The U.S. consulate hasn't heard from him. Uh, he has been in a prison that, Maureen, I shit you not, the English pronunciation is insane. That is the name of the prison that he is being held at. Um, the ask here, says Huvians, is to contact your reps uh, to ask for the U.S. to demand his release in no uncertain terms and immediately because it is fucking terrifying. Has there been any action like, from the State Department in terms of like, what, what seems to be going on, though? It seems like the family is in touch with the State Department. The you know, there has been statements made by, you know, by the U.S. government that they would like to see him out. But, you know, they have not. That has not succeeded so far. There's another U.S. journalist that had been taken three months ago who was just released. So there is a little bit of hope that maybe that means Danny's coming back soon. But um, but yeah, it is it is truly that feeling of of a story that feels very far away and then suddenly it snaps right into literally a person that you worked with for you know probably a year of their of their life uh yeah it was terrifying so i've been doing a lot of interviews and trying to get the word out as much as possible because also he's an independent journalist you know he does not have the apparatus of the associated press or the new york times or something like that where he is you know, there would be a lot more drum beating for his freedom. Uh, so it is really his family. And uh, I've talked to his brother, Brian. Uh, and, you know, it's his family just trying to keep this story out there. So 
I'm doing my part. And says Huvia, you can do your part by getting in touch. There's also a petition, uh, and you can find it all at bringdannyhome.com. It's fucked up. I'll tell you that much, Maureen. It is fucked up. I'm sorry, Dan. It's it is it is stressful, and I am you know fairly removed from the reality. But yeah, it's um, it's something. Is truly, truly something. So says Huvia, if you could do do a little bit, uh, a little bit goes a long way here. Huh. And on that note, on that note, says who is made possible by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who, where every Sunday me and Maureen are back at that location. If you're a five or $10 a month backer, 10 bucks a month also gets you a sticker every month as a member of the Says Who Sticker Club, plus a map of Says Who via mailed to you that first month that you give it 10 bucks. Our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. Our logo is designed by Darth. You can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. You can email at hey, that is H E Y, at Says Who Podcast.com. And join the discussion on Facebook at slash group slash says Whovians, our Facebook where people are posting their pictures of them with Maureen Johnson's new book, The Box in the Woods. I just put my picture up at uh, slash group slash says Whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. And you can join the fan run discord at tinyurl.com slash says who discord where this Sunday, the 20th, of June, there will be a Says Whovian special book discussion with yours truly, Maureen Johnson. That's right. That's right. You can spread the word, subscribe, leave stars and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And you can join us next Wednesday, June 23rd the 23rd day of June for our next episode from my basement in Chicago and oh from my office here in New York City I'm Dan Sinker and I'm Maureen Johnson and this has been says who. <laughs>